Welcome, everybody. It's a Wednesday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. So glad to be with you. An eventful day over here at NRG Stadium and, of course, the Houston Methodist Training Center, and we will break it all down for you. I am your host, John Harris, and I am joined right off the top by my partner in crime, the voice of the Texans, Mark Vandermeer. Mark, it was hot. It was sweltering. And, yes, some good work done today. It was good to see the 49ers here. Johnny, that was um, a typical Houston Texans training camp day. It was. And by typical, I mean 100 <laughs> degrees, humid, yeah. all of it. It was nasty. It's funny because, you know, here we are, and we were at the Greenbrier and really enjoyed that, by the way. Really enjoyed that. <laughs> and you just and you know it at the time, but you really know it when you come back here. Yeah. But what you have here that you don't have there is all the Houston fans. You yeah. know, you have some fans up there. There's no question people make the trip. Or people are in the area and they come in to see the Texans. But there's just nothing like being here in front of all the people, especially when something good happens for the yep. team against the 49ers and you hear the fan reaction and everything. I think the players get juice from it. But, man, i got to think the 49ers were feeling it today. It was a hot one today, and this is what you want. I mean, if you're going to do camp in Houston, you want a little spice, you want a little taste of this. And not too much, but you want to experience <laughs> some of it. Just just enough. Yeah. Just enough. Yeah. And there were a few 49ers as they would walk by. I heard one of them remark at some point, I'm warm. It was like early in practice, like, I don't even need to warm up. I'm good. Because <laughs> right at the beginning of practice, and practice started about 9-ish, 9.05, 9.10, somewhere in there, I, I felt like the sun was as hot as it's ever been. It was not temperature hot but just the sun was just i felt like it was searing searing a hole in my face yeah it's like good grief you know if there's no breeze no clouds that's what it feels like Mm -hmm. if it's just a clear shot from 93 million miles away to you it was just right on oh oh my gosh i'm I'm sure i got some sun i forgot to put sunscreen on so i tried to like look down at times and Mm -hmm. i got a hat on but man it was it was hot and there were plenty there are plenty of things that we're gonna we're talking about from from practice i thought about this too this is the like eight millionth time we've seen Jimmy Garoppolo. I we know. saw him in preseason last year, or in uh, training camp last year. Then we saw him in a preseason game. Then we saw him in a regular season game. Now we're seeing him in training camp yeah. and a preseason game again. But that guy's that guy's no joke. We'll How get about to that we saw in him a in the bit. building prior to the 2014 draft. I remember seeing him. That's right. On his visit. That was here. before I got here. Yeah. yeah, and it's funny because. Uh, some friends of mine were here today who are 49ers fans. Actually, the woman is, and right. she's a huge Jimmy Garoppolo fan because not only is he a good quarterback, but he's attractive, and I don't think mm-hmm. it's in that order. But, uh, it, it, you know, it's so much talk about Jimmy G and everything. Uh-huh. And I remember when he visited here, I thought at the time, I thought, man, he doesn't look too big. And he's not that big a guy, but no. he's a good quarterback, and we, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him on Saturday. Yeah, it's going to be fun. You're going to hear from plenty of Texans. We've got the Dirty Dozen, which Drew Doherty will have later for you in the show. I had a chance to catch up with Joe Webb today, which was very fun. And I I asked Joe today this question. What made you more upset, an incompletion or missing the tackle on kickoff the other night? He had a pretty surprising answer because, yeah, he had both of those. And I don't want to take away from what Joe did. Joe was fantastic. But I know how players are. The things that they don't do well, they kind of stick in their head. And yep. so when I asked him that, he kind of chuckled a little bit. And he goes, well, you know, you just have to find out what he had to say. So we'll have Joe Webb on the show later on. We'll also bounce around the NFL. Plenty of storylines going on. In particular, a Jacksonville Jaguar cornerback has opined on oh gosh. all of the quarterbacks throughout the NFL. Mm-hmm. 
Fret not, though, Texans fans. He had great things to say about the Texans quarterback, Deshaun Watson. I'm sure he did. But other quarterbacks, well, not so much. He did not Guys hold back. Guys have done some things. Guys that have done some things, including the MVP of the league in 2016, he did not have kind words for. Just to say he called mm-hmm. Matt Ryan average, and that would be Jalen Ramsey. So we'll get to that in a little bit. But, Mark, today's practice, joint practice with the 49ers. I love joint practices, and I sort of hate them, too, because – I love the fact that the intensity goes up a notch. I love the fact that they're seeing a different color jersey. I love seeing the other team, seeing which players I like from the other team. Like, oh, I like this guy. Oh, I forgot this guy was there. I like that aspect. I hate it because when they break into drills, it's four different groups going on. Right. So you can't see everything. Can't and see I, I choose to go down to the far end of the field and watch that because it's less congested and I can watch and focus so it doesn't matter. You, you don't care which side of the ball is operating. You just want to be sort of alone, as alone as possible. You can never yeah, be alone out I like, there. I like being alone with my thoughts and so that I can mm-hmm. focus on what's going on. Right. Because you know how it is. You get in that one side that's close to the gate. You get into a conversational vortex. It's yes. like being at a baseball game. You know, whenever I go to a baseball game, I can never watch the game because I end up talking to people. I, exactly. And, and then things happen. So I in these, I watch the offense. Yeah. Because I need to see their defense because that's mm-hmm. the harder thing to do as a play-by-play guy to right, memorize right. the defensive numbers. So that's why I'm watching our offense. But I know you watched the defense today, so it was interesting you and I comparing notes. Yeah, we, we did. So I did not see the fight. Mm-hmm. In fact, I when I turned around to watch what was down in my direction, it was the offense and defensive line. Uh, the Texans' defensive line against the 49ers' offensive line. And I was really curious. One of the matchups that I was really curious was – would Watt line up against McGlinchey? Because Watt's been lining up on the left side the majority of the time. Not all the time, but the majority of the time. And Mike McGlinchey was the number nine overall pick in the draft. And I I said I was very open about the fact that I did not think McGlinchey – I had him in the 40s in my, in my top 100. I didn't, mm-hmm. didn't think he was – I didn't think he was top 10 caliber, but I understand why the Niners did it. They needed they needed offensive line help. They needed a tackle opposite Joe Staley. And so I was curious, and of course the very first rep – so this is how the, this is the timeline of how this went. I'm watching that drill, and I see him go boom, boom. And they go from it started with Scarlett. Scarlett went against Joe Staley, and it's a run block drill. It's a one on one one block run block drill. It literally is this: pop the pads, pop, 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 then done. It's like two seconds and right. done. So they go from Scarlett to the other side with Watt. Watt puts McGlinchey on his wallet. I oh, mean, geez. just runs in him a run block drill flat over. Just ran him flat over. I was like, oh, I mean, the fans went crazy. Yeah, they went nuts because it's Watt, it's Texans on the floor. I mean, it's it was phenomenal. I'm not talking three seconds later. I I look down because I can hear the hubbub, oh, and yeah. now there's there a fight hubbub. going on. Yes, <laughs> within the first I within mean, the first two minutes, I literally watched Watt do that, and I'm writing it down, and I hear kind of hubbub. I look over there, and I'm like, oh, man, what's going on? A fight already. A fight I mean, already. Like, alre- that's what I was thinking, already. Already. And I was only about 20 feet from it, Johnny, but mm-hmm. my head was turned because I was just working my way over to get settled to watch those yeah. reps. But we all saw it on Twitter. Yeah. We all saw the fight, the video version of it. I think uh, Alex from Local 2 got a great shot of it because he was isoed on Hopkins. Yeah. He wasn't even looking at the ball. He was just looking at Hopkins. So it was perfect, the shot he got. And, oh, my gosh, helmet off, 
Hopkins and Jimmy Ward going at it, and then Hopkins vaporizes. He's gone. Yeah. And I thought, you know what? We don't need him anyway for this practice. I mean, this is fine with me. <laughs> he sort of got the Jalen Ramsey treatment. Get a little rest. <laughs> Get a little rest, DeAndre. We need your opening day. Yeah. Thank you. And, and exactly. And there's I've seen some on Twitter. Oh, DeAndre Hopkins got thrown out of practice. Honestly, the last three practices have been that way. DeAndre does the individual work and then, Leaves. hey, go. Yeah. You know. And it gives everybody a lot of reps. And mm-hmm. either way, uh, you, you know, look, if you're Jimmy Ward, you're trying to find a spot on that 49ers team. I know you were a first-round draft pick a few years ago, but he's still trying to find a home there. And, uh, yep. and, you know, they bring in Richard Sherman. They've got to kill a Weatherspoon. They tried him at safety. They tried him at corner. I don't think anything really works for Jimmy Ward. So, you know, he's a man really trying to just fight for his life on a team. He's getting matched up on Hopkins. And, and the video, the only – I saw the video that we had, our guys had. And, of course, as you mentioned, which I think is interesting, you follow the ball. So it started with Deshaun and you yeah. see it out here. And then at that point you have film of everything. But, look, who's at fault? Those are the kind of things you want to eliminate from the practice. But, you know, a guy rips your helmet off. It's and a, then he takes the first shot. Right. He rips the helmet off, and then he takes the first shot. Now, I don't know the other side of the story. Did DeAndre say something? I don't know. I don't know these things, but to me it looked like uh, most of this was on Ward. Yeah, that's the way it it felt. What's DeAndre supposed to do? You know, well, if there's one thing this team is not going to do that I think we found uh, back in 2015, this team isn't going to back down from anybody. Nope. They're not going to let anybody punk it, if you will. Mm -hmm. So I was not surprised that it happened. There were no more fisticuffs or uh, chippy behavior. I did see DJ Reed, as rookie out of Kansas State, took a shot on Alfred Blue at one point. Alfred had gone through the line. The play was nearly over. It was He was maybe 12, 15 yards downfield. And Reed comes up and just puts Blue back on his wallet. And I was like, yo. that I mean, you could see there were a few Texans that kind of started to move over there. And then Blue kind of popped up, kind of dapped him up like, hey, right. no big deal. Whatever. What about the hit on Braxton Miller on an incompletion? That wasn't a bad, dirty hit. Though. No, I don't but think it so. But was, it was one of those flying through the secondary things. And the ball was – they were just off target with that pass yeah. play. And Miller really had no chance at the ball. But the DB, I forget who it was. Adrian Colbert. That was Colbert. U. So yeah. he um, he freaking tattooed. He I mean, in, in the context of a joint practice, tattooed right. him. Uh, but Braxton got right up. Boy, the, Braxton's doing pretty well out there. I think I so, mean, too. He's, he's think easy so too. to notice. There's Very no doubt. Very easy to say that he's doing pretty well. Can I tell you the one guy that stood out the most to me today? Receiver-wise? No, just overall. All right, go. Well, receiver-wise, I thought I thought guys what guys caught the ball better. They're, they're – just a moment on the receivers and actually the passing game. So, at one point, I, I after I watched that part of the defense, the one-on-ones, I turned around and I watched the team drills, the Texans' offensive team drills, because I was sort of shielded because the defense was on this side, so I couldn't really see the defense. I was like, all right, I'm just going to watch the offense now. So I watched the offensive team drills. Didn't run the ball exceptionally well. They didn't, they didn't get a lot of holes. I think yeah, some, it's so hard to I know, tell. In I these know, things. but they're blowing the play dead before it starts. I, yeah, I know. But there were no, there were no, you know, gashing holes. Yeah, you didn't see yeah. any of that. So you know, so I take it with a grain of salt. I'm with you on that. And plus, 56 in white is a monster. Ruben Foster. Oh my goodness. Well, Deshaun oh, has seen him before. My goodness, that guy is a heat-seeking missile. Anyways. They, in that drill, that team drill, I think they ran, they ran. Uh, I think it was ten plays. They threw five passes, all five complete. Ball didn't hit the ground, all five, and they weren't checkdowns. One was a checkdown, 
Deshaun hit Griffin on a deep over route. He hit Braxton on a crossing route, uh, a deep in route, dig route. Uh, Whedon hit Coates on a deep dig. And then uh, Joe Webb hit Jester Wea on, I think, either a post or a deep end, something like that. Four of the five were down the field, complete. So I turned back around and watched a little bit of the defense after that. Turned back around for another drill, seven-on-seven red zone. Four more straight completions. Ball still hadn't hit the ground yet. Wow. And then finally on the last one, when Whedon was looking for, I think, Jester Wea got knocked away. That was it. That was the first time the ball hit the ground. And that's something that we've talked about throughout training camp is when you watch the quarterbacks and receivers, the ball didn't hit the ground. Guys are catching it. If it's in the vicinity, today they're going against the 49ers defense, and, there's, and the ball's still not hitting the ground. It was phenomenal. But to me, if anybody, if anybody stood out today, and I kept writing his name down, and it was like every time I did, I just got this, I don't know, maybe it was like an angel getting his wings or her wings. I don't know. But J.J. Watt was phenomenal today. Wow. Watt was absolutely dominant. I just looked at my in my notebook because I'm writing the Harris hurry up today and I'm like, Watt stuffed that run. Oh, Watt had hold of Jimmy Garoppolo's hand. There were there were numerous big plays that he made. The first one was knocking McGlinchey on his wallet, which was just it was really impressive. Then a little while later, he he broke through the backfield. I don't know if McGlinchey was blocking him or who, but he swam the block and he got into Garoppolo. They were throwing a quick screen. They were throwing a quick screen and Garoppolo hit a throw to round Watt because Watt was there so fast, he throws it around Watt, wow. and they catch it five yards in the backfield, and Matthew, uh, Tyron, and Kareem are right there. To make, it would have been a tackle for a loss. A little while later, Garoppolo's in a pocket, and he's standing back, and obviously he's right-handed, and J.J.'s coming from that side. So Garoppolo's looking. He's got his eyes downfield. Watt wasn't completely clean from the lineman, but he had ripped under, and as he ripped under with his right hand, he realized Garoppolo's right there. He grabs the ball and Garoppolo's hand. Like, he grabbed the ball in his hand. And Garoppolo just, like, ripped it out of there and then just, like, threw it just to get rid of it to yeah. know, stop the play. I was like, what did, what did I just see? Then a little while later, he breaks free again, gets in the face of Garoppolo, who rushes it. Tyron picks it off, picks six the other way. Well, you know what today was? 99 was good. Today was his first look against live competition mm-hmm. since the Kansas City game last year. Yep. Didn't play in the preseason You're opener. Right. He's been going up against his own teammates. It's not the same thing. And now he's going up against an opponent. And Watt had an I'm still here moment today. Yep. Several moments, apparently. And that's great. And you know what it says to me? I don't need to see him at all. Right. I don't need to see him at all for the rest of the way. Just get yourself ready, big guy, and be ready for September 9th at New England. I felt like it was it was good for him to have that just to see a different color jersey. And it wasn't one of those things where after every play, you know, he was you know, he was doing a salute or anything. It was just make a play, back to huddle, make a play, back to huddle. He was awesome. And I and I remember back to the hard knocks of twenty fourteen. Not our year, the Falcons year. Right. And I remember <laughs> they made that they made that video of him coming over the coming over the hill down yeah. the steps, and I remember Bruce Matthews talking to Jake Matthews because Jake was a rookie at the time. They just drafted him; he's a rookie, and <laughs> Mike Tice is the offensive line coach. And they're like, yeah, "Get ready, you got 99 today." And I couldn't help but get that image out of my head as McGlinchey is trying to figure out what do I do with this guy? Like, yep. how how do I block this guy? So I thought. I thought Watt was absolutely tremendous. He was so great. So uh, the practice was really, really fun. It was good to get that work in, Mark. And you stick around for another one? Yep. All right, good. We'll have a few more notes from practice 
And then we'll start hearing from some of the guys after today's workout right here on Texans All Access. Welcome back, everybody. It's Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. John Harris and Mark Vandermeer with you. Breaking out today's practice was was really fun. And looking back, if you want to read my full thoughts, you can go to the Harris Hurry Up on HoustonTexans.com. We've got all kinds of stuff for you there. Drew's Dirty Dozen is there. We've got interviews. We've got sound. We've got video. We've got everything that you were looking for. We've got it right there for you on HoustonTexans.com or on the app. If that's the way that you roll, if you're more an app guy or app yes, person, then the that's app. the way you go. I'm an app guy. Some people want to be at their desk in the desktop. That's fine. You can get it that's either way. That's a minority way. now, John. I know. It's an app world we live in. It is an app world that we live in. In fact, I'm my son is schooling me on a decision as it pertains to the television choices in our life. Because when we were at the Greenbrier, we stayed in the house. My kids came up there, and my wife came up there, and the the house didn't have any cable or satellite. And I always wondered, like, what we would like. Could we ever cut the cord? Could we ever do that? And we did for like ten days. It was awesome. Yeah, but there was no football on. Uh, I don't know. You still need ESPN. I don't know. You still, you're going to need ESPN twelve. You know, know. you're going to need every college football game you can get I your know. hands on. I will tell you though that the the world on YouTube helps me out in that way. There are a lot. Like, I can you can give me a college game from last year, and I can probably find a full copy edited, all the commercials out copy on, on YouTube. YouTube. On YouTube, right? But that's last year. This year, you're gonna, you know, the live action aspect of things. I know. means you still need the cord. I understand. Well, to a degree, you do. There are some services that have NFL Network. There are some services that have your local channels, which right. are going to have your your live games. So right. I'm like, I'm good with that. And half the year, we're traveling on Saturday, anyways. You know what I mean? That's true. So it's. You know, from that standpoint, oh, I don't, but I don't I, think the planes are going to have direct TV anymore, by the way. Don't say that. That's don't say that. Don't say, don't, don't say that. Oh, my God. Do not say that. Terrible. I do not want to hear that. I mean, September 8th, flying to, flying to New England, flying into Providence. Yikes. Watch games. Uh, but, look, if you get the ESPN app, you can get whatever whatever oh, you need. Anything. So, anything. Fi- finding anyways. But, anyway, we uh, we we were cord cutters, and it actually worked out. I thought that we would be sort of miserable, but my wife liked it. We all liked it. So, look, anyways. in the summer, I can do it. I can do it. Netflix, yeah. you know, whatever. If there's a way to get the live games, then I'm all about it. And I think I have found a way. I think I'm good. But that's that's uh, neither here nor there. We we talked a little bit about J.J. Watt in the first segment. He was fantastic. Mark, you watched a little bit more of the offense. What overall, I don't think it was a day in which you would say, oh, the Texans completely dominated. They did this. They did that. But overall, how did you think the offense looked against the Niners? Well, it, you know, I thought it was spotty. I thought – there were some moments, and there were some moments that they want back. And I think that that's natural and normal. And I, I feel that way about Watson's play in practice a lot of times. I've said this before. I think that he is testing things out. Not knee-wise. I think the health is fine. Yeah. I think what he's doing is trying to see what he can get away with here and there. Right. For lack of a better way of putting it, he would have to answer that more than I can explain it. But I think that he looks at practice for what it is. It's an opportunity to get better. It's an opportunity to try things that he might not try in a game, but why not try it here in practice now, so to speak, so I can find out if it's something I want to use in a game. 
and I believe that's how he approaches a lot of it. And he throws the ball in some spots where, all right, maybe I won't do that in a game, but, ooh, I like that. you know. And so I, that's how I think he looks at it. Having said all that, we talked about receivers and DeAndre Hopkins really disappearing after that fight with Jimmy Ward, and I guess it was pretty clear that if you participate in fisticuffs of any kind, <laughs> yeah. you are no longer part of practice. Yeah. But look at the receivers, Johnny. I mean, we talked about Braxton Miller, how much better he looks. Sammy Coates is going to make the team, yep. and I think he's going to make a difference. Mm-hmm. And I'm watching him fly downfield on special teams. I'm watching him make catches at wide receiver. Brandon Whedon really likes him because he's in there with the twos a lot. Yep. You know, Brandon Whedon really likes throwing to Sammy Coates. I, I, you know, I think Will Fuller, Sammy Coates, even Braxton Miller. Bruce Ellington's very reliable. Unfortunately, we haven't seen Kiki QT for two, yeah. three weeks or whatever. I don't know what's going to happen with him. Let's hope he gets back soon. But I think they really like what they have in this group. And then you talk about Jester Wea, who made some plays today, and so did Vincent Smith. And I thought, geez, these guys are going to be hard to hide. I know. I don't think you're going to be able to hide both of them. I, and I don't know if you'll be able to hide either of them. And if they make one or two plays in a preseason game, it's going to be sort of a little red alert to other teams. And I'm just eager to see what happens here once they have to make those cuts because there's just not room for everybody. You know, mm-hmm. we talk about six receivers. That's a lot to begin with. Yep. And that includes QT and Miller and Coates. Doesn't even include Wea and Vincent Smith. So those two guys I'm really looking at very carefully in these final two preseason, well, final three preseason games because I guess they'll play against Dallas too. Mm-hmm. The starters won't play against Dallas. I would say Coates would probably play against Dallas. We'll see how they handle Dallas that fourth and final preseason game. But – I like this time of year for that. I mean, this is when this is what you look at. Mm-hmm. If you go to a preseason game wanting to see a whole bunch of J.J. Watt, well, you're going to be disappointed because he right. probably won't even play. But if you go to a preseason game and say, I want to look at the deeper levels of this Texans roster, this 90-man roster, and see what's available, then you're going to be a whole lot happier. And that's what I'm looking at today. This is ones-on-ones a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And you get to then they'll go to the twos and the threes, and they'll go back to the ones. And it's a lot of fun to watch them hook up here on the field and I don't know what they're going to do tomorrow but it's going to be interesting because I think it'll really affect who plays on Saturday night I think you're right from a when you said JJ he's gotten a lot of reps you know yeah I would imagine more reps tomorrow which makes you feel like look do you need him to play on Saturday night can you take the same can you take the same stance if you will with him on on Saturday night as you did Thursday against the Chiefs, you, you got the work in. You're going to go pads tomorrow? I would think so, yeah. Really? I would think so. You know, and at that Ho- point, maybe you pull back a little bit. When Hopkins got into the fight, mm-hmm. dust up, I'll call it, yeah. with Jimmy Ward, I thought, ooh, this could be a one-day thing between these two. I was getting a real Redskins vibe. <laughs> I, was, I like, was getting a Richmond vibe. Fields, everybody. Yeah, because it was like within the first minute, I know. Uh, you know, the I teams know. were apart to begin. You know, the Redskins yeah. were on the far field warming up, and the Texans were on the first two fields, and it was like, all right, when are they going to get together? It took yeah. like a full hour plus before they finally got together. Then they get together, and within the first minute or two, you have a fight. And I'm thinking, this is not good. <laughs> this is not what they want. I thought it was going to be – if this is the way it's going to be, my goodness. I I saw Deshaun make a throw today that might have been – I think it's the best throw I've seen him make all of training camp and maybe one of the best throws I've ever seen him make. He they and what I what I thought was interesting is both both coaches, both coaching staffs 
either side of the ball. They let Garoppolo and Watson scramble. Like, that was part of – like, when they – a lot of times when quarterbacks will scramble or move, right? they'll immediately blow the whistle. But they seem to have an understanding that, hey, if Watson scrambles or Garoppolo scrambles, hey, let it let it go. Let it go. Because that's, that's part of it with these guys. you got to understand how to handle that. And Garoppolo, in the last play that he had, there was a situation. They are playing situations – or they were in a situation, and the situation was you're down four, minute left, one time out, you got to go like 60 yards or so. And you got to score a touchdown because you're down four. Garoppolo on the, it's the fourth down play, but they're, I don't know, 10 yard line, 12 yard line, whatever it was. And he's just, he's buying time. He bought time. And it was interesting because he bought time, and then everybody kind of slowed down looking for him. And he's just standing in the pocket. He's just kind of standing like a statue. And all of a sudden he sees Garcon. He's like, shoo. But. I thought it was interesting that they let that play go. Those- what was the one where he – I don't think it was that deep, but there was another play a little bit earlier where he was scrambling and scrambling, and it went on for like 10 seconds. I think I it mean, was that play. It was that play. It I was just that thought play. that that should have been blown dead after a while. But the thing is, with these two quarterbacks, you kind of got to keep playing. I think it was I a good so. lesson, really. I guess so. Play um, to the whistle, so to You speak. play Mariota, he'll probably do something like that. Luck, yeah. luck does those things. Anyways, um, Watson – Got out of the pocket. He got he got really didn't get much pressure, but a guy on the outside kind of went high around uh, Julian. Julian kind of ran him on by, so Deshaun got in and then out to his left, and he was rolling to his left. And there are some throws that you can make when you're rolling left, and you just kind of make a little dart throw. Yep. It's you know, a little four. Bruce Ellington was maybe I saw it sixteen seventeen yards yeah. downfield, and Deshaun reaches back and throws come back across his body to Bruce, which is so incredibly difficult because now your momentum is going left. You actually have to throw the ball to the left. And the tendency would be if you're going that way, you're going to throw the ball away to the sideline. But he does it to a point where he puts it right on a dime and Ellington runs right into it. Catches it, gets up to it. it was like, what is that? Yeah. That's phenomenal. Uh, it, was, it was great. I saw the same thing. And I wasn't phenomenal. standing with you at that point. I thought... He makes that look so easy, and that's the no, 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 yes. You yes. Know, don't throw back across your body. Right, right. And not quite over the middle, but it, it's definitely going in the wrong direction, but it went right to Ellington, who's mm-hmm. dragging across, and I thought the same thing. What a tremendous play that only he can make, and one you're not going to blow dead because he legitimately got to the outside, and that's why he's so good for this offensive line. He's going to buy time. He's going to create opportunities where there are none or there wouldn't be for other quarterbacks and that's going to allow the lines to mature, develop, be all they can be. Because I don't know how how good they can be, yep. but whatever their ceiling is, they'll be able to hit it with a quarterback like Deshaun Watson. Yep, absolutely. Well, he's got one fan in the league. Obviously, he's got a lot of fans here in the city of Houston. But Deshaun Watson's got at least one fan. How about Jaguars cornerback Jalen Ramsey? Now, if you, I would recommend if you follow the NFL at all and. You see what's going on. Jalen Ramsey is, how do I say this? He's obviously an opponent. He's one of the best players in the league. And I, honestly, I think he's, I love playing the Jaguars in large part because he's over there. I hate facing him because he's so good. But but Ramsey against Hopkins is worth the price of admission. Like, it is worth the price of admission. I wish that both of them could be mic'd up for the same game, and I hope at some point the NFL Films does that because Hopkins doesn't talk a lot of trash. Like, if you start it with him, oh, he'll come back. And, and Ramsey starts it. 
Well, Ramsey did an interview with GQ, which is a little interesting. But he did this interview, and whoever I'm trying to, who did this interview with him? It was Clay Skipper, and they just he basically just got Ramsey started, he just got him going, and they start talking about the draft, and they start talking about rookie quarterbacks, and so at that point, Jalen just starts going off, and he says this about Josh Allen, the rookie pick for the Bills. He goes. I think Josh Allen is trash. I don't care what nobody says. He's trash. And, and they will play him this year, by the way. And well, it's going to show, Bills. too. Yeah. That's a stupid pick to me. We play them this year, and I'm as, I'm excited as hell. <laughs> then he goes into, he goes, I hope he's their starting quarterback. He played at Wyoming. Every time they played a big school, like they played Iowa State, which is not a big school, in my opinion, because I went to Florida State. <laughs> Ew. And it, it's just. He's so good. Uh, he's amazing. And he said, I would have picked Lamar Jackson earlier in 32. I think he's going to do a good job, especially with the Baltimore Ravens defense offense coordinator. He likes running quarterbacks, likes that read option. And just being honest about it, Flacco sucks. I played him two years in a row. He sucks. (laughs) So so he continues on. He says, who are the quarterbacks, in your opinion, who don't suck? He goes, Aaron Rodgers doesn't. Tom Brady doesn't. And he goes, I got to think about all the teams now. And then he goes, I think Marcus Mariota is a great quarterback for their team. He goes, I think Tyrod Taylor is actually a better quarterback than he gets credit for because he does not make mistakes. Uh, he said he's honestly a Marcus Mariota-type player where he manages the game really well. He said you sold on Jimmy Garoppolo hype. He goes, I don't know yet. Just because when they beat us, his hype picked up. They were like, he beat the number one defense. It was all schemes. He didn't beat us. It, was like he, it wasn't like he diced us up. It was literally all schemes. <laughs> they were so doing funny. flat routes to the wide open fullback, and he's running 20 yards. He's just going off. He goes, but if you know how to work within your scheme, then it means you're good. I guess you could say he's good. And then it says, at this point, Ramsey has his phone out scrolling through names. And he goes, Shaw Watson, he'll be the league MVP in a couple of years, 100%. There's not even a debate about that. Wow. Him and Carson Wentz for every year starting now until five to ten years, it's going to be them two. They're that good. Oh, that's so awesome. I hope he's right. <laughs> I do, too. I do, too. But that's that's a guy who's going to know. And then he goes, Jared Goff, he's average to above average. Dak Prescott, he's good. He's all right. He's okay. I'll put it that way. <laughs> Zeke Elliott runs that team. Everything runs around Zeke. And he's going to play them this year, too. Yep. He says, what about Kirk Cousins? He likes Cousins. Mm-hmm. He goes, I think he's a winner. He's a hell of a competitor. Eli, really? It, it's I'm not surprised really. he likes Cousins so much. Yeah, he's like he's a hell of a competitor. Coming off the play action, he's the best quarterback in the league. Wow, play action passing, he's a hell of a quarterback. Derek Carr, I think he's good. Eli Manning, it's not really Eli. It's Odell Beckham Jr. I oh, won't say wow. Eli's good. I'll say Odell's good. Big Ben, I think he's decent at best. <laughs> it's that Big Ben. It's Antonio. He's going off. So then somebody says, no. somebody asked him about Bortles. He said, Blake. He'd do what he got to do. I think in crutch time moments, like last year's playoff game, not as a team, but we should have trusted him more. But I think as an organization, we should have trusted him more to keep Ooh. throwing it. Well, he's talking about late in the first half probably last yeah. year. And, and also at the end probably too. We kind of got complacent and conservative, and I think that's why uh-huh. we lost. We started running on first, second down, throwing on third down. Every single time we were out there, the Patriots caught on to that. Interesting. And you know what? The thing about Roethlisberger is they beat him twice last year. Mm-hmm. The Jags beat the Steelers yep. twice, so – you could understand how he might feel that way about Roethlisberger considering the success. Yeah, no doubt. Well, he talked about Mariota. Mm-hmm. He talked about Deshaun. I hope he's wrong about Mariota. He already talked about Bortles. Andrew Luck, I don't really think he's that good. Him and T.Y. had a connection in the past that made him stand out a little bit more, but I don't think he's good. Ooh, Luck is reading this. 
Don't motivate luck. Oh, Jalen Ramsey is the gift that keeps on giving. I mean, you can do like ten shows based on what he oh, just said. I mean, can you? Uh, I just. I mean, in the Jacksonville, Jacks, they're just talking. The Jacks are like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe it. He got the week off, and now he's doing. He's like the most popular talk show host in America without oh, doing a talk show. It's phenomenal. And, I mean, the thing about it is I saw this tweeted by an NFL analyst. Uh, I think it was Mike Freeman. He said, do you disagree with anything he said? I disagree with some of it. I, I, Roethlisberger? Come on. Yeah, I mean, Roethlisberger's. And the Eli thing, too. Eli yeah. won championships without Odell. Yeah. So, But Eli, it's very inconsistent. Yeah. But he, yeah, but here's the one that Matt Ryan, I think Matt Ryan's overrated. I I don't think Matt Ryan's overrated. Well, it's funny because, like, there was a time when we thought Matt Schaub might be better than Matt Ryan. But give Matt Ryan credit for getting a lot better, and Schaub did not get better from where he was when he was a two-time Pro Bowler. He's got, his reasoning about this is pretty good. But either way, Jalen Ramsey's saying that Deshaun Watson could win the MVP. Not only could will win the MVP in the next five to ten years. I hope he's right. Mark, appreciate it. Thanks, Johnny. Coming up, let's hear it from three Texans that played a pretty big role on Thursday night against the Kansas City Chiefs. Joe Webb, Johnson Batamosi, and Brian Peters next on Texans All Access. Let's hear it from our Houston Texans. That's right. It's a segment that we sort of, I don't know, named as such when we were at the Greenbrier. When we get all this sound, I figured, you know what? Let's hear it. Let's hear it from the players that make up this 90-man roster. And we're going to start with a graduate of Stanford University. Now, I say that in large part because these two teams, the Niners and the Texans, combined have seven guys from Stanford. On the 49ers side, you got Richard Sherman, Solomon Thomas, Josh Garnett, on the Texans side, you have Justin Reed, Peter Kalambayi, Brennan Scarlett, and the man that Mark Vandermeer caught up with just recently, Johnson Batamosi. How's the transition been from Greenbrier to preseason game to here in the Texas heat for this training camp, Johnson? Well, Greenbrier is a warm-up, and Houston is hot as hell, and so we're in the middle of it right now. What about special teams? How difficult is it to get better at that as a unit throughout training camp of these preseason games? I don't think anything out here is easy. It's kind of, it takes effort. It takes, you know, uh, investing in the process and coming in every day and trying to perfect your craft. So it's, it's not easy at all. And how valuable are those in-game reps? What are you looking for in that category, special teams from week one to week two of the preseason? I mean, that's what it's all about, the games. They say, what, they say your tape is your resume. So no matter practice, you perfect your craft. In the game, you got to show up. What do you think of this defensive system? How has it been for you since you got here in the offseason? It's been great. We got we got some, some sharks up front on the D-line. We're going to get after the quarterback, and that makes their job easy in coverage. They say rushing coverage works together, and we got both. So, How has it been for you with all these Stanford guys here? Does that make you feel at home? It makes me feel like I was back in school. So, yeah. Pretty good. All right, now, playing for the Patriots last year and playing here, do you see any similarities in system and the way they do things? Uh, I mean, there are, there are some similarities, but every team is different, and even on the same team every year is different. And so, uh, you know, there's some guys 
here that, that, that were there formerly, some coaches and a couple players. But I'd say we've got a different group here, different style of doing things. But I'm excited about it. I enjoyed your interview with Deepy about the acai berries and the dragon fruit and all of that. And I learned something yeah. through that process. Are you finding Houston has what you need as far as diet and places to go to eat the food you like? They have everything They have everything I need and probably too much of what I need. <laughs> and I need to cut back, you know. So, so I'm, I'm enjoying myself. All right. Thanks a lot for being with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Now, Northwestern University takes a backseat to no one in the academic department, especially if you ask one of the two Northwestern players on this roster, Ibrahim Campbell being one, the other being Brian Peters. It's time for the Dirty Dozen with Drew Doherty and this week's subject, Brian Peters. All right, they finally got the two Cobras in the pit together, didn't they, Brian Peters? Yes, they did. How you doing? How's camp? How's it feel to be back in Houston working out? Fantastic. Obviously, we love uh, the, the juice the fans bring to practice, and obviously the heat and everything I think makes us a, a tough, gritty team, so I'm excited to be back. All right, let's do a Dirty Dozen questions. Dirty Dozen. With Brian Peters. Brian, we start things off. Who is your most underrated teammate? Most underrated teammate? Absolutely underrated is probably Curtis Drummond. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, just, again, gritty player, uh, plays his heart out, cerebral, does his job, and plays hard. And obviously, he's me and him have been uh, gunning on teams for the last three years together. And uh, we just evolved together, and I just don't think he gets enough credit. Yeah, you're not the first person who's used him when we've done these interviews. Your best football trait is? My best football trait is playing with my heart. Uh, can I say that? You sure can. Yeah, all right, there we go. What's your most improved football trait this offseason? Hands and striking. What's the importance of that as, a, as an inside linebacker, as a special teamer? Keeping the guys away from you, getting separation off your punt protection. Um, it just it, it translates all over the football field. Teammate who talks the most trash is? Kevin Johnson. What's he say? Everything. Teammate who gets you the most amped up is? Scarlett or Dylan Cole, one or the other. Teammate who calms you down the most is? No one. Like, no one? Do you need to be calmed down no, ever? No, no if, if, if anything, the calming down comes from uh, Leckler. He just he, has, he just has one one chill vibe. Yeah. Have you ever done anything outdoorsy with him? Yeah, so we've been uh, we've been hunting a few times. Uh, dove hunting, boar hunting. Uh, yeah, so he, he's a character. Some of the good stuff, right? The great stuff. The, the great things that the great state of Texas has to offer, you know? What's for breakfast every morning at camp? Camp is a little away from my uh, normal thing, but it's just protein and carbs. So what, like when you're not at camp, you're just eating pancakes? No, you know, uh, a pound of bacon for breakfast. That's that's my go-to uh, when I'm home, and I'm happy to be back in that rhythm now. The toughest part of training camp at this point is? Toughest part? I, dude, we're blessed, man. I, there, there, there's no more tough parts now. We, we just get an opportunity to come out and play football every day. Best hair on the Texans belongs to? Best hair on the Texans. That's super subjective. That's why I asked. It's just definitely not Dylan Cole. Ooh, how come? Just I mean, His fades are just <laughs> atrocious. Best dresser on the Texans is? Best dresser? I'm going to say Kareem Jackson. Let's get good style. Yeah. Okay, if you could speak every language in the universe or in the world, Hell yes. or you could talk to animals, like speak to any animals, which would you choose? And understand the animals. I'm speaking every language in the world, so I'm just, cause I, I want to travel anyways. Like uh, when it's all said and done, I'm, I'm going to travel the world. So if I can just walk into a room and speak ten different conversations with ten different people, yeah, that's. Uh, I'm, I'm currently learning Spanish right now, so I'm excited about that. Brian Peters, we thank you so much for the time. It's always good doing a dirty dozen questions with you. Appreciate it. I swear that dude is one of the most fascinating guys I've I've met, football or otherwise. Brian Peters. 
That guy is so fun. I He's Captain America. He's Captain America. If you see him, you know why. I mean, he is Captain America. Brian Peters with the Dirty Dozen with Drew Doherty. The third player in our let's hear it for our final segment is Joe Webb the third. A lot of people, and it was interesting, we had our Monday meeting after we got back from Kansas City. And we discussed all the different trends, the things that happened on the website, things that happened on TV, radio, all that kind of stuff in our, our broadcast digital department. So we're having a meeting, and, and our social media guru, Eric Sanonesencio, brought up something I thought was really interesting, that in the second quarter-ish or so of the game against Kansas City, the spike on the website was essentially all due to Joe Webb, people wanting to know more about Joe Webb. So I figured, hey, why not just give the people what they want and go talk to Joe Webb? So I did today after practice. Joe, it's a little steamy, but you played your college ball in the South, so you got to feel pretty good right about now, huh? Yeah, I feel good. No, I love being back in the South, love being in the sun. A little bit better than that snow game you played last year. <laughs> yeah, a lot better than a snow game. <laughs> Joe, how's it been training camp? You get to this point. How good has it been to see the 49ers after being at the Greenbrier, coming home a couple days against yourself? How good is it to see these guys on the other side? It's very good. You know, uh, you get different uh, good work with different guys, you know, good competition. You know, it's a chance to get better each and every day against a different opponent. You know, it's a chance for our team to uh, really grow. You know, as a team and uh, and build their chemistry, so uh, it's a great it's a great time. You being your first year here, you can probably speak to this. The time at the Greenbrier, how did you feel that affected the camaraderie, the team, the chemistry, of the team? Uh, no, it really brought us close together. You know, being around the guys every day, you know, getting to know them, you know, uh, just talking with them, you know, throughout meetings, you know, throughout the free time, eating, sitting down, eating lunch with them at the table. You know, uh, it, it's great. It's great for the team. Okay, what bothered you more the other night against Kansas City? Incomplete pass or missing a tackle on kickoff? <laughs> to me, I would say I would say missing a tackle because I really take pride in the special teams area. You know, I know the importance of that unit. So, uh, you know, I, that's something I have to continue to work on. Is there anything that you cannot do on a football field? I'm convinced after watching you in college and watching you here, there's pretty much nothing you can do on a football field. Yeah, I pretty much play almost every position on the field. You know, I even played offensive line, D line when I was in there. When I was little league, PB league football. So uh, I just love the game of football, man. You know, I, I, I love just coming on the field, competing. You know, it, it's my passion, and, and I just love waking up, coming to do it. You strike me as a guy that's more football player than any position you could possibly play. You're just a football player. Is that true? Yes, sir. That's what I, I would say that. <laughs> Joe Webb, thank you, man. I appreciate it. All right, thank you. Today we had our What's New at NRG event upstairs, and I'm telling you, if you're coming to games at NRG Stadium this year, oh my goodness. Between eating, the type of things you can get at the team's store, drinks, desserts, oh my gosh. Well, I got in a conversation uh, with a few people up there, and somebody had asked me, what about Joe Webb? And I said, you know, the thing about Joe is it's almost – it's almost rude to just put QB in his position column. It's it's almost as if it doesn't tell the full story. I get the impression that Joe is just a football player. Like his position is just football player because he can play nearly anything. On as he just said, he can play offensive line, play defensive line. He played it when he was growing up because he was too big, but he can do pretty much anything. And I think guys like that end up playing 
such a big role on championship teams. And hopefully that ends up being the case that Joe makes an impact on this team going forward. A good test for him tomorrow. An even bigger test for him in the game on Saturday night. Joe will get a lot of chances to play quarterback in those games. But you also see him on special teams making plays. And hopefully this time he'll come up with those tackles and get NRG Stadium juiced on Saturday night. Appreciate it, y'all. We'll have more for you tomorrow. Another joint practice with the Niners. Big thanks to Brian Peters, to Johnson Batamosi, to Joe Webb, to Drew, to Mark, and to all of you for listening. Thank you so much. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody. And as always, go Texans.